Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. I want to speak to you in this edition about something that deeply, deeply concerns me. Uh, I had the wonderful experience this past weekend of celebrating New Raz with my Kurdish friends. Uh, I went out to a state park and with thousands of Kurds, we celebrated New Raz. If you're not familiar with New Raz, it is the New Year celebration uh, of many Middle Eastern cultures. It comes largely out of the Iranian Persian background, um, but it spread to other cultures as well. It's pronounced a variety of ways, but my, my local Kurdish friends call it New Raz. And so you would say in the same way you might say Happy New Year, you know, on December 31st or, or, or 1st of January, you say Happy New Raz and um, my Kurdish friends light fires and there's dancing and there's food and fantastic music. And it, it was it was a great experience. What, what happened this last weekend that concerns me deeply and that I want to tell you about uh, is that a few Kurdish elders whom I deeply trust took me aside and said that ISIS is infiltrating uh, regional and local mosques. There's a lot of money that they're getting in to these local mosques, and therefore there's a lot of influence, and that they are capturing the young. This, these elders were deeply concerned about this. They shared it with me, thinking that uh, perhaps I could, you know, sound a bit of an alarm and officialdom, or or talk to local authorities, or at least just perhaps do this podcast. So whatever their reason for telling me, other than just their concern and talking to a friend, um, I'm happy to talk about it in this podcast and, and feel the burden of it. You know, when we began to defeat. ISIS on the battlefield, and they began to lose territory uh, over the last years, again, largely because of the tremendous warrior skill of the Kurds themselves, the ISIS said that they would then go underground that they would cease fighting on the battlefield, they would meld into Western culture, and they would begin to fight from within. And uh, they have have been doing that, largely persuading hearts and minds. They have a very um, high-gloss, very contemporary magazine called Dabik. Um, D-A-B-I-Q is the way it's spelled in English. Dabik is the way it's uh, pronounced in English. Uh, Very, very slick, very uh, well done. I mean, it's got its bumps and its roughness, but uh, pretty surprising for a battlefield group. And they're doing a lot online. They're doing a lot with websites. They're moving in amongst the young. They are uh, insidious. They are uh, sneaky. Uh, They are wise. And uh, they are beginning to move into American culture, Western culture, European culture, uh, cultures all over the world. And they are reaching to the young. They are reaching particularly to uh, Middle Eastern people of Middle Eastern ethnicity. Um, I, I'm aware that that's not a, a, an ethnicity, but you understand what I'm saying. One of the Middle Eastern ethnicities. And uh, they are beginning to pull them together. Here in Nashville, for example, I happen to be sitting in Nashville right now as I record this. These elders say uh, they're reaching out to Iranian youth. They're reaching out to Iraqi youth. They're reaching out to Kurdish youth. Um, they, they are, they are uh, 
they have a lot of money. They have a lot of influence. They pay people to be part of them. And uh, that this is beginning to do a lot of damage. These, these elders are deeply concerned about it, not just because they feel like they're losing their youth to Kurdish culture, uh, but they feel like that there's an insurgency happening. And they, at least in the Nashville area, feel like the authorities are not up to speed about it. Um, I'm sure that I know that they've taken this to the authorities. I know they've said what they can say. It's not as though they're just complaining to me and then doing nothing. But this is something we need to be aware of. And I want to say very loudly and very clearly now that I've said all of this, that to say this is not in any way to be anti-Muslim. If you listen to this podcast at all, you know that I'm an outspoken advocate for the Kurds and they're 97% Muslim. <laughs> so I can't be an advocate for the Kurds and and, and be anti-Muslim. Uh, and, and of course, I'm a Christian. But the, the important thing for us to remember is we're not just talking about Islam. We're not talking about moderate Islam. We're not talking about traditional Islam. We're talking about uh, an extremist cultic kind of Islam that ISIS represents. And so what's happened is they've left the battlefield, where, for the most part, where it would have been easier for us to identify them target and target them. And now they've begun to go, begun to go underground. They've begun to attach themselves to mosques in just places as as uh, normal as middle America. Uh, they've certainly done it in European cities. They've begun to reach to uh, go to the places where, uh, again, youth from Middle Eastern cultures um, that have transferred to America, where, where they might gather, where they might be sitting, where they might be dancing, where they might be celebrating, where they might be parking their cars. They've uh, begun to reach out on, on websites. They've begun to reach out on social media. They've begun to pull them in. You've seen the stories in the news. You know what I'm talking about. What the problem, though, is that we have a tendency to think, most Americans anyway, have a tendency to think that this only happens in certain specific places of the world and not nearby. We're not surprised if it happens in New York. We, we could maybe watch 60 Minutes and uh, we watch a story about a, you know, a 16-year-old or maybe an 18-year-old uh, Lebanese girl getting drawn in on the Internet and, and, and drawn to be part of ISIS or a 21-year-old. Uh, Iraqi boy, uh, you know, maybe maybe in Detroit. And we're not surprised by that happening in those cities and in that way. But let me assure you that, that it's happening in middle America. Let me assure you it's happening in the South. Let me assure you that it's happening um, in, in, in Mississippi. It's happening in Georgia. It's happening in Alabama. It's happening in Tennessee. It's happening in Nebraska. It's happening in Iowa. Uh, it's happening everywhere. Because they know, for the most part, that we are we are not expecting uh, an intellectual assault uh, at the University of Iowa, for example. We're not expecting an intellectual assault at Vanderbilt University. We're not expecting a, an assault at some of the great universities uh, of the middle of America. But that's exactly what's happening. And as much as we want to defend the right of our Muslim rights of our Muslim friends, and, and as much as we um, welcome people of Muslim faith into American society and see the contribution they're making and and welcome them, of course, as long as they are like all of the rest of us, law-abiding and, and we hope patriotic and loyal. Um, the fact is that there is a cancer being attached to traditional mainstream Islam, and it's the ISIS version of it. And this is not the first time, by the way, uh, Muslim leaders in America have taken me aside and said this is something that people are not paying attention to and not, a, not, aware, not aware of. Uh, money is coming in with these people. 
And one of these elders said, you know, there's only four or five of them uh, attached to a certain mosque. And he identified a certain mosque in uh, the Nashville area. He said, but they have so much money that it gives them influence. And so this is the thing we need to be paying attention to. I know a lot of law enforcement people uh, listen to this podcast, a lot of folks in Congress, a lot of folks in state legislatures, particularly in Tennessee, where I spend half my year. And I'm not saying I can I can turn this thing around all by myself, but I do want to sound an alarm and, and say that we need, without violating the rights of our Muslim friends, to be aware uh, that local mosques are being invaded and that work is being done that is uh, counter to the peace and safety of the American people. What, what, what I have been sounding the alarm about for quite some time is not so much the organized ISIS work that might be done in a community, but the danger of the self-radicalized. Uh, it's very possible for a 17-year-old young Kurdish man living in Nashville, Tennessee, working at a pizza joint, let's say, working at Walmart um, and going to high school or college. Uh, it's very possible for them to go online, receive information, maybe get a little bit of encouragement directly from, a, from some live person uh, through social media channels and emails and so on, become self-radicalized and engage in the kind of violence that we've seen of late. Now, I want to say very quickly, uh, and you've heard it many times if you if you listen to this podcast, that for the most part in American society, uh, it's not it's not people of Middle Eastern extraction. It's not it's not ISIS influence. Um, it, it it's not uh, it's not um, Muslims who are creating most of this kind of shooter violence. It's young white males. Those are the school shooters. Uh, those are the ones who have done the most damage of late. So I want to be very careful that no one can strew about this podcast that I'm saying that the violence that we're dealing with in our society is because of Muslims under the influence of ISIS. I'm not saying that. I'm an advocate for the Kurds. I, 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 I my doctor is Muslim. <laughs> my friends are Muslim. You understand what I'm trying to say? That that, that we welcome. We're thrilled for uh, patriotic Muslim Americans uh, who are walking with the rest of us in the great journey of democracy and the American experience. However, we know that ISIS is targeting these people. We know that they're targeting our friends. We know that they're targeting disenfranchised youth with Middle Eastern backgrounds. We know they have a lot of money. And we know that their goal is not so much to pull, let's say again, a young Kurdish man from Nashville onto a battlefield in Iraq, but rather to radicalize him in our local communities. So we're going to have to be careful here because we want to be very cautious about not turning anti-Muslim, not turning anti-Kurd or Iraqi or Iranian or Jordanian or Syrian uh, we, we want to, or Saudi. We want to be very careful about that. That's not who we are. That's not what will answer this. But our law enforcement communities, um, our pastors, our religious leaders, our community leaders at every level, our mayors, our city councils need to be aware that that the target of ISIS now uh, is not to send an RPG into a building in Erbil uh, in northern Iraq. The target now are youth and the youth who are potentially who have the potential to become self-radicalized because of their disenfranchisement with American society. And we've been warned. 
I've been warned by some friends. We've been warned. Law enforcement are hearing this. We all need to be part of this. I would suggest that city leaders need to sit down with the elders of these Middle Eastern communities. Again, in Nashville, I would say to the leaders, sit down with these Kurdish elders. Sit down with elders from other uh, of, of other ethnicities, other people groups from Middle Eastern extraction. They are, are opposed to these things. They are loyal patriots. When I was out there at New Raz at the at the gathering in the state park, the national anthem was played. American flags are flying. I've been at demonstrations by Kurds in Washington, D.C., where they march in front of the White House and say, thank you, America. Down with ISIS. Up with America. Up with freedom. Up with democracy. These are loyal Americans. But we need to hear them. They're trying to warn us. They're trying to warn us about a cancer growing within their own religion, and they're going to need our help. So let's get to it. Those of you in in positions of influence, those of you in power, uh, those of you in law enforcement, politics, and just just community leaders, just living in a neighborhood, be aware. And by the way, one of the things I have experienced is that nothing uh, answers these challenges like simply building relationships. Uh, I have a a dear friend who built a relationship with a couple of young uh, Muslim guys on, on a college campus, and they all became close friends, and he began to have them over to his house, and they just became buddies. You know, just had fun doing things. Later, they told him that they had been approached by members of ISIS on that college campus and that his relationship with them had kept them from going in the radical route. And this guy didn't propose an alternate religion. He didn't, he wasn't hammering them. He wasn't having them, you know, read the founding fathers or something dramatic like that. He was just simply welcoming them into his life. And so build relationships. We've got too much of a chasm between the Anglo world in the United States in particular and Middle Eastern cultures. It's time for that to change. We're all under a bit of a threat here. There's a cancer growing in our communities. It's not the fault of the Muslims. That's ridiculous. It's an invasion that's happening because we kicked ISIS to the curb in the Middle East. And so now they're trying to come in through the back door. Let's be aware of it. Let's make a difference. And let's build the coalitions that we need to build to contain and destroy this kind of evil. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.